The following program was pre-recorded on WFAN. It's time for Hello, My Name is Craig, our weekly candid conversation about gambling addiction. It's supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Now, here's Craig Carton. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Hello, My Name is Craig. Uh, next 30 minutes, as always, a frank, open, honest conversation about gambling addiction and addicts like myself. Joining us from Delaware now a fellow gambler in recovery. Here's uh, Kojo. Kojo, good morning, pal. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. How are you? Doing good. What, when was your uh, last wager? November 29th, 2022. All right, so we're moving ourselves towards a full year, huh? Yes, looking forward to it in, you know, more years to come. No doubt. How are you? How is life right now? And uh, how are you feeling emotionally, mentally, all those things? Uh, life is, life is great. I mean, uh, life still has its ups and downs, mm-hmm. but, um, with, uh, me being in recovery and not gambling, I mean, it's every day's a blessing. No doubt. Let's get into your story a little bit. Uh, if you don't mind sharing, how old were you when you first got exposed to gambling? Um, when I first got exposed, I was about 25. Uh, I grew up in Jersey around Atlantic City area, but never really gambled. But when I went to nursing school, that's when I got exposed to gambling since the casino was right across the street. And was it like a bunch of guys or gals from work who were like, hey, let's go to the casino? Is that how it started? or Exactly how it started. A bunch of uh, nursing colleagues, we all went across the street. And uh, that's how, that's the day that I like placed my first bet and I was hooked. Got it. Was it that quick, like, hey, this is awesome, it makes me feel a certain way, and then you started going back more frequently on your own, or did it take some time? Um, It wasn't, um, I guess it was very quickly, because, you know, my first time I gambled, I made um, I made money. And at the time, you know, yeah. I had a lot of responsibility, I had a... Um, I had a child on the way, uh, paying for her wife's tuition, paying for my tuition. So anything that would help that ease that, you know, I took gambling as my ticket to make a better life. You know, I always wonder, because uh, we've talked to a lot of people who have a similar story that, you know, the first time or the second time I went in, I won a bunch of money and I was like, wow, that was easy. And I need the money because I had all these bills and responsibilities. Uh, I'm just going to, I'll do that. You know, I'll supplement my income by doing that, was that kind of the mentality you had early on? A hundred percent. I just thought it was the easy ticket yep. to, you know, provide for my family. And uh, and I thought I would have control. I wasn't thinking that it would spiral out of control. And what was your game of choice when you uh, went to the casinos? Roulette and only roulette. Really? And did you, uh, did you have a system that, that you believed in or was it totally random when you went to play? So at the first time, I thought it was random. Then I thought it was a system. I thought it would be, oh, the way the dealer spills, uh, spins the ball, oh, right. and cluster it this way. <laughs> just uh, just different things, you know, and it just always changed. It was never like the same method, you know? Right. All right, so here's what the, we're going to get to some of the ugly stuff now, and trust me, we'll end with all the good stuff. You're, mm-hmm. you're married. You got a baby on the way. And now, looking back on it, you're obviously going to the casino far too often and risking money that – you can't afford to risk. Uh, give us an idea before the poop really hit the fan. At the height of your addiction, for a guy that didn't start gambling until his mid-20s, give me an idea of how often would you go, and when you went, how long would you stay there and gamble for? Um, in the height of addiction, it was just going probably every day or 
uh, every other, any chance that I got to gamble, that's where I was. Yeah. Um, I would disappear. Like I, I remember this time I told my wife I was going to go to go get milk at eight o'clock in the morning. And I didn't come back to probably one the next day, you know? Yeah. And, um, and that's what, um, it drove me to in the peak of, you know, my addiction. It was just, um, all I thought about was gambling. There was nothing else. Right. It's a weird thing for people that don't have the uh, uh, addiction like you and I have where prior to it, you're a great guy. You're always present emotionally and mentally. Yeah. You, you Obviously, you care very much about your spouse and you can't wait to have the baby. You're a great friend. And then uh, slowly by surely, it's a really weird thing. And the only way I can explain it to people is that gambling becomes your everything. Gambling's your spouse. Gambling's your girlfriend. Gambling's your kid. Gambling replaces friends it's all you think about it's all your process and you're trying to figure out where am i going to gamble when am i going to gamble what numbers am i going to play how am i going to fund it uh, and that becomes really all consuming at least for me it sounds like you were very similar it it sounded like i was just talking when you were just describing all that that was me in a nutshell yep it was just um everything you just went over and some you know mm -hmm. and um yeah, it was just. That and you know what's crazy about it now that you're what about you know ten months, eleven months into your recovery, the amount of free, open mental space we have is unbelievable, right? It's it's just amazing. And I was just telling somebody that just, you know, with this recovery, you get to do self-evaluations of yourself and just trying to chip away at that old nature that is there and you just replace it with positive reinforcement. Yeah. You know? No, I'd, so I'd, was there a point prior to hitting quote-unquote rock bottom where your wife came to you or a buddy came to you or a family member came to you and said, man, there's something going on. You're not yourself. Yo, talk to me. Did anyone accuse you of having a problem? Like, you know, how how did that that kind of manifest itself? So it it was it was in cycles. Like, um, my wife would, you know, sh sh at the beginning she didn't know that I was gambling, and then, you know, I told her that I was gambling, but she didn't know the the in the magnitude because right. uh, that I was gambling. Even at some time, at one point, she saw that I uh, she, I went to the casino with her, and then she saw me in action, and she said, "Man, you have a problem." But um, I've been accused of uh, cheating, which it wasn't cheating. Well, you know, just replacing. Basically, it was cheating because I replaced gambling for my responsibilities with my wife. Um, there was, you know, at the low point, stealing, you know, stealing from, you know, my wife's pocketbook, even to the extent um you know, I got caught stealing at Walmart because what I would do is take uh, the money that I was, should be using for groceries and I was using it for gambling. And, you know, I was changing tags and then they caught me. I got arrested. And at the time I had a great job, you know, and mm -hmm. I don't even work in the nursing fields anymore due to gambling because it just took my drive away, you know? Yeah. So um, I was starting another career in um, the tech space. And I just finished my master's and right. I was trying to get into one of these big uh, financial firms. And I thought this was going to hold me up. So I had to come to the realization that, you know, um, it needed to stop. And like um, my I have two year old twins. Um, I have five kids total. Yeah. But the day that my two year old twins were born, I was in the casino across the street from the hospital. And that, you know, that hit me wrong, too. So. 
um, it was just always a constant battle of going into recovery, doing the GA meetings and all that, and then coming out and relapsing. But this time, you know, um, it's different. You know, I have access to online and in person and a therapist that is amazing. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just tapped in. So I wonder, I, I wonder before we take our, the, the break that we're going to take in a second here. And I, that's an amazing story. I got chills thinking about it because I can relate to it, you know, on a personal level so much. What was the bottom of the barrel moment for you? Like, why did you eventually, like, did something happen? I, I mean, getting arrested is obviously a life-changing event. You know, uh, becoming a different kind of guy, stealing you'd never steal before. You mm-hmm. know, not having a mistress, but yeah, gambling's your mistress, right? All that, mm-hmm. all those kinds of things that with a clear mind you would never do. What was, like, that moment that made you finally realize, all right, I'm not going to F around anymore. I'm going to go get help because I know I got a problem. I just knew I was going to lose my family. I knew I was going to lose my wife to the point that, you know, when I gambled and I told my wife, she was just basically, okay, like she was numb to it. And, you know, just seeing that a woman that is numb and doesn't react, that's a scary situation. And then seeing that, you know, you won't be able to see your kids because of, you know, just this act that you can't stop doing, you know, is is a scary situation. And you know what's weird about it, Kojo, for me? You know, I have four kids, so very similar deal where, and they're my everything, they're my world, and yet, you know, for a year and a half, you know, they were less important than gambling, sadly. Uh, and what I, the one, like the last step for me, and I'm not there yet, and I, I'll be five years coming up in a couple of weeks if I get there, and, and the thing that, that gets me is I can't figure out how I went from... You know, gambling all the time and gambling being the most important thing. When I knew it was wrong, I knew I was taking terrible risks and all that. And then one day, kind of like what you just said, I just woke up one day and that was the day. And I, I can't tell you why. I, I know I challenged myself in a casino and I lost the challenge, which uh, was something that was hard for my ego to take. You know, I left money in the car and I said, if I lose all my money in the casino, I'm not going to go to my car and get the money that's there. I, I set up a test for myself, and I obviously failed the test, and that was the last day I ever gambled. And I honestly don't know why I finally had that light bulb go off that I'm driving myself towards a very bad ending, you know? Correct. Well, it just became, during, you know, gambling, at the end of it, I didn't enjoy it anymore. Right. And it was painful for me to do, but still I couldn't stop until, you know, I just realized, this has to stop. Yeah, and like if winning and losing doesn't mean anything to you, you're in a bad place for sure. Yes. Exactly. Let me uh, take a quick time out with you, and then we'll wrap it up. Kojo from Delaware, Gambler and Recovery. It's Hello, My Name is Craig. Back to more of Hello, My Name is Craig on The Fan with your host, Craig Carton, and supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Good morning. Welcome back to Hello, My Name is Craig. Happy to have Kojo with us uh, from Delaware. Has not gambled since November 29th of last year, so this Thanksgiving will be, I'm sure, a very special holiday for you and your family. Uh, When you came clean and you sat with your wife or whomever and said, all right, listen, I acknowledge now I have a problem and I'm committed to fixing it, what was that moment like? It was a weight off the shoulders, but it was just a point, like, she heard it before, you know? And it was just to the point where she was like, all right, then show me. You know, and 
um, she just saw a change in me, like a fire was lit under me of going to meetings all the time, always being uh, present in the moment, always being hands-on, helping out. And just, uh, it didn't happen overnight, but the the work was being done. And um, that's all I can say. You know, I just have to be a man through action and just be more vulnerable, which I am more vulnerable because I even told her everything. And to tell her everything was heavy but that yes. weight is off i'm sure and and that weight is off it's just amazing and look people need to know that as much as you can conquer this it, it as kojo just said it is not overnight by a long shot um because you know you betrayed the trust of the people that love you the most and you don't just earn that back because you know you you, you spit a couple words at them because they've heard all the words and you've gone back on your words so many times you've mm-hmm. lied about so many things i mean the mere fact that you found someone who's willing to put up with you you know, and stay with you. It says a lot about her, more about her than it probably says about you, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about being honest. But you're right, like, they, you, your spouse, your best friends will notice the little things, like you being emotionally present, you listening when they speak, you helping out with the kids, all those little teeny things that we kind of take for granted and throw into the wind while we're gambling, they notice it, and it means the world to them. It really does. Correct. And it just, just the relationship that I've seen with my kids is it moves mountains, you know, like during like I even found out that my son was being bullied and in, in active addiction, I would have never sat down to really analyze to see what was going on with him. Right. You know, so I just see the growth that we have. And every weekend I'm there, we always do something like after this call, I'm leaving work early and I'm going to go to uh, Six Flags with uh, with my two oldest boys. Just That's because awesome. I can do that. You yeah. know, in addiction, I couldn't do that. No. And even though even though like um, in recovery, you start getting the cobwebs out and you start, you know, working on yourself and you see you might see flaws in your your people, your significant other or whatever. But it gives you a basic tool set to handle these things and not fly off the deep end because you you were there where you needed somebody to have understanding. No doubt. Know? No doubt. I, I, I told this story a lot that I hated GA and I the first probably seven or eight rooms I walked into, some I walked out early, some I stayed, but I never went back to. I just And then eventually you find either the right room or the right people, or in your case, the right therapist who you can be totally honest with. And uh, your life does start changing that day. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Kojo, for those that are out there that were where you were on November 28th last year when you're still gambling, who don't think they've got you know the ability to get through it, and the walls are caving in, and they got money problems and relationship problems and all the stuff that we all deal with. Where you are now, how would, what would you say to that guy or gal that's, you know, day one, and he thinks they can't do it? Uh, and, and explain to that person that not only can they do it, but that you have an amazing life on the other side. What would you say to, say to them? I would tell them, put the shovel down. Because every time you're betting, you're digging a deeper hole, deeper hole, deeper hole. So I would just say, listen, put the shovel down and just seek help. Um, even though sometimes you hear that call, like, you know, pick up the phone and tap into somebody. That phone is the heaviest at the time. But once you pick up that phone and you open back, uh, you open up to somebody and tell them what's going on in your life, because it's more than just gambling. It's this underlying issues that you, needs to be tackled. But I would say it's truly possible. 
and um, you don't have to hit rock bottom, but you need to, you need to listen to other people because I've been in GA meetings where I was 30 years younger than everybody, but they had years under them and my ego kicked in and was like, man, these old farts don't know what they're talking about. And I wish, I, I wish I opened and listened to these people because I mean, they inspire me for you to give up gambling. Like there's a quote that says to give up, uh, to gamble is to give up everything and to give up gambling, you gain everything. And you do. I gained my family back. I gained trust back. I gained another career that is paying more than what I, uh, like two times of what I was making as a nurse. Like it's just so much. And then just looking at your significant other and notice that you took advantage of that person for so long and she stuck with you. And then, you start falling in love again in deeper than you've ever been before. You start, I'm just telling you, every day you wake up, you're going to say it's a blessing, all because you stopped and act. And then you're going to peel back the onion and see wh- what uh, version is out there of you that you can uh, that you can master, that you can perfect on. Well, not be per- perfect, but just work on it and build towards. So that's all I have to say, man. It's, it's a beautiful recovery is a beautiful thing. It's not just stopping gambling. Then you're going to like, just to be at this platform and tell my story. Like I would never think that it would be possible for me to be vulnerable enough to tell my story. Yeah, Cause you're, we're all tough guys. Oh yeah. We we, (laughs) we think, yeah, but I'm just saying like, if this can touch just one person, then, I did my job, you know, because yeah. I don't want other people to hurt. And I'm telling you, it's real. Like I, at the peak of my time, I even tried to commit suicide where I ran a, my car into a telephone pole to make up a lie for my wife. So I can, I can come like, I can look mightier than I was, but I was, I, I was a shell of myself. And, um, that was a low point. And, I don't want anybody to get there, but people can get there because um, um, gambling has the highest suicidal rate yeah. out of all the addictions. And people need to be aware of what's out there. And there's help. There's help on the Internet. There's help in person. And there's uh, uh, therapy for free. So the help's out there. And let me, I'm let me you, ask you a quick question. I, I, don't, I don't want to gloss over it. When you decided that you didn't want to wake up the next day and that, that the easy way out was you know, you know, taking your own life, when you weren't successful doing it, what was the feel? I always wonder what was the feeling like in the moments after you realized I couldn't, I, I couldn't do it, or I didn't do it, or whatever the reason was that you didn't go through with it, or that didn't happen. Do you remember the emotions you had right after? Yeah, I, um, I, I, I was happy that I, I didn't go, I, I wasn't successful, and I realized, like, yo, this addiction is real it's a monster that because i snapped back and i like i grew up in the church and i knew that's not me but in active addiction like i didn't wake up and say i'm gonna take my life i was driving and i lost a whole lot of money and on the way home i realized i can't do this no more a thought just popped in my head and i went right through it and i just turned the steering wheel but when i woke up my dad came to the hospital we talked and i was just like I, you know, and I had, I believe I had uh, two kids at the time. And when I got to see my kids, I was like, man, this is an opportunity where I get to hug my kids again. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Um, it, it's a scary situation. And I'm happy I never had those thoughts again. And I, yeah. have, I just pray that I never have to visit that dark. Have um, you become uh, a more spiritual person? Oh, without a doubt, 100%. <laughs> 
hundred percent. And that's the only thing that you can do. And 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 I believe um, just to be a better version, you've got to tap into a higher power. And I grew up in the church, and 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 you know those prayers where you'll sit there and say, God, get me through, God, get me through. And you go back and do it. God, God was always with me. And uh, now that I'm in recovery, I thank him every day that he kept my family intact. He kept uh, clothes over my uh, clothes over me. He kept a roof over my head. And there's no way that I can say, you know what? And I pray that I don't have a dark moment, but as yeah. of right now, I'm just going to lean on him and um, just let him see me through. Well said. Well, listen, uh, you probably don't hear this enough, but uh, I'm proud of you. Uh, your story will uh, will save lives, for real. I'm not paying lip service to that. We have a lot of people that listen to the show that can relate to you and who you are and your life experience because what a lot of people need to understand, and you don't know it till you talk, you talk to other people who've gone through it, is that there's a great amount of commonality. While your story is unique to you, the things you've experienced are shared by thousands of people out there. You know, that feeling of despair, the feeling of gambling being the most important thing in your life, the silly chances, the lies, the stealing, all that stuff. There's a lot of people that can relate to it. And I think uh, more people like yourself sharing your stories is going to make it a lot easier for people who otherwise wouldn't feel comfortable enough to come forward to come forward and ask somebody for help. And I think your story resonates very, very well. And I, I'm blessed to have you share it with us here today. My very best to your family. And if I can ever return the favor or grab a, a coffee with you one day, I'd love to have a chance to do that. And I appreciate you coming on. That would be amazing. And thank you for having this platform. Thank you. That's Kojo from Delaware. Thanks, Kojo. Have a great weekend. All right. You too, sir. Bye. I mean, every single week I talk to another gambler in recovery, and every week I'm moved by the story. And, and I hope you are too. You know, there's a young man that tried to take his own life with two kids. Now he has two more kids, and life is good. Uh, and that's the moral of this story that, you know, no matter where you are in the stages of addiction, it just takes you to get out of it. You know, you to be honest with yourself, you to take stock of the bad decisions you're making, and you being completely willing, you know, to uh, commit yourself to recovery and want to live a better life. Because I can assure you this from experience, even when I was winning money, the life of a compulsive gambler is not fun. And I'm saying that as a guy who had significant wins over the course of time and, of course, significant losses. But even when I look back on the days that I won on godly amounts of money, I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't fun. I got nothing out of it. And I obviously haven't had a problem. And I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to do a show like this and to talk to people like Kojo because it's a good reminder for me that I'm not alone, that the way I process things wasn't right, and I'm not alone in feeling the way that I felt, and I'm certainly not alone in my recovery. Wow, that was good. Appreciate him coming on. Joe Beningo's coming up next. Evan and I are back live Monday from the Paramount in Huntington, New York, for the annual Carton and Roberts Pete Alonzo Foundation comedy event. It's going to be a great night. We'll be live from there on Monday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and thank you so much for listening to Hello, My Name is Craig.